Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, Hurricane Dorian hit the East Coast over the weekend. Uh, many are still without power. Uh, it's And, of course, now uh, Canadian forces have been sent in to help out. Let's bring in Ross Lord, Atlantic correspondent, Global National, and is with us now. Ross, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, glad to help, Scott. Glad to talk to you. It's funny you mentioned Bianca and the hurricane because a lot of us were partway through watching that match uh, in the U.S. Open against Serena when our power went out. So we were oh, no. scrambling to try to watch the rest of it, and uh, a lot of people didn't. I managed to, to watch the tail end of it, um, uh, you know, on, on the phone. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's been, uh, you know, for a lot of people, power is still out. So, um, so talk about, let, out, let's talk about, first yeah. of all, how many are still without power at this point, Ross? Right. So when this day started, there were still 200,000 customers or so in Nova Scotia, which roughly translates to almost half the population of the province, um, customers representing individual households or businesses generally. Um, so Nova Scotia Power has put a big dent in things in the past day or so, but it's slow going. And so um, the military is now uh, here in the Halifax area and other parts of Nova Scotia, their uh, engineering support regiment from Canadian Forces Base, Gagetown, New Brunswick. Um, they're here. They're having some coordination issues. We followed a, a small team in a section of Dartmouth just across the harbor from Halifax. And um, after a couple of hours of waiting for what they called safety clearance, they decided it was taking too long and they moved on to somewhere else. Um, so you look at the big maple tree that was across the road there and you think, hmm, one or two guys uh, skilled with a chainsaw might have cleaned that up by now. So hmm. there, there are some, I guess, hiccups with coordination of that. But uh, 250 of these soldiers deployed from Gagetown. Originally, it was going to be 700. Um, I think they must have reevaluated and thought, well, we, we might not need that many. Um, so uh, obviously, people who live in these neighborhoods are anxious to get the tr- trees off the roads and off the power lines and uh, accelerate the power restoration. So how bad was this, Ross, when, uh, when it hit uh, landfall on the weekend? You said, you, you said that a lot lost power during the, the, the tennis match. What was it like when it did hit uh, the East Coast? It was mostly extremely windy for uh, the Halifax area, although there was a lot of rain in some parts of the province had uh, 100 to 130 millimeters of rain. The wind, though, was gusting uh, around 150 kilometers an hour in Halifax at times, and that, that's incredible. You know, we have these nor'easter storms that are generally, let's say, 60 gusting to 90, or maybe gusting to 100. But 150 is a whole other sort of um, you know level or category. So um, extremely powerful. It was no hurricane Juan. Uh, you'll likely remember in 2003, Juan came in as a category two and decimated the Halifax area and yeah. some other parts of the Maritimes, PEI as well. Um, you look at the damage from this, it's reminiscent of one, but it's not nearly the volume of, of trees or quite the extent of damage. Although I will say, we're talking about power outages. Nova Scotia Power says the extent of these outages is the worst that it's ever seen, um, which meteorologist, our friend Anthony Farnell, tells me is attributable to the sheer size of this storm, which was bigger uh, than one. By that, I mean the mass of the storm right. going over the Maritimes. 
Uh, and so, uh, and, and many had talked about the speed of this storm, the fact that it was just traveling so slow over many of the areas that it, that it came across. Did it seem to last for a, a long period of time? It was relatively in and out through the East Coast, no? Yeah, actually, it was moving, I think, fairly rapidly by the time it came here. It was like the numbers that I saw as I was tracking it were 40 kilometers an hour or more, um, which, you know, let's not get too technical because I'm a reporter, not a meteorologist. But we know that when it was down, uh, stalled over the Bahamas, it was there for a long time, not doing anything. But as as it got closer, the uh, speed of the hurricane actually accelerated. So uh, at at its height, 400,000 were out. Uh, now that's down substantially. Uh, what about how are citizens feeling about uh, the recovery time? And, and obviously this isn't your first rodeo, uh, but, but how do they compare this to others in the past? What, what, what is the, what's the, the feeling in, uh, in the province in regard to the recovery time? Right, and that's what matters most, right, is, is the impact on people. So we talked to a woman whose power is out. Um, her son, who's a mechanic, set up a generator. Uh, the generator is not a big generator, but it, they alternate it between the fridge and the freezer um, so that they can at least eat what's in there or preserve it. Uh, but she's, you know, she told us she's getting tired of cucumber sandwiches, right? This is day three. Um, she misses the ability to cook things. Um, we also just came upon a phone charging station, so someone voluntarily... Um, you know, using their power source uh, to to extend it out to the front lawn and put a sign up offering uh, that service for for other people. We talked to a woman who stopped by to hmm. take advantage of that service who was extremely grateful. So you know how it is. It, it's a cliche, but it, it's true, and it actually is heartwarming that these situations do bring out honorable actions, and uh, and they do bring out people helping people, right? You help your neighbor, and yeah. your neighbor needs your help. Well, great idea with a phone charging station because again, you you know, you think about something that is so strapped to us, and then all of a sudden you use you lose that capability. Uh, it's a whole different story. Uh, any sort of prediction uh, from Nova Scotia Power when things will be back to normal? So, they I'm going to estimate they've cut the outages in half, approximately in the last day or so. They're telling some people that they might not be restored until Tuesday, possibly Wednesday. Um, it's been my experience in storms in recent years that Nova Scotia Power has become pretty good at managing expectations. So if they say it could be a couple of days, generally, and this might not be true, but generally they've been able to restore most people before that. So I think they've learned that it's better to uh, give a, a fairly loose timeline yeah. and then surprise people for the better than the other way around uh hardest hit areas are there areas that are suffering more than others um there are different impacts in different parts uh, the annapolis valley which is sort of the fertile farmland section of nova scotia is reporting some crop damage um apples are big in in the valley and uh there's some damage to that I, from what i'm hearing it's not decimated but but there's definitely uh, some impact on the quality uh, of the apples from bruising, from being knocked around. Um, in some areas like southeast New Brunswick, Shediac area, uh, some wharf damage, some boats tossed around and, and damaged. Um, there was storm surge as well, of course, which is easy to overlook. Uh, so 
it kind of depends on, on, on where you go. But in terms of the concentration of power outages, uh, Halifax area, where you know, close to where the storm came in, is uh, probably hardest hit. And uh, are people in rural areas getting the help they need? We understand that the uh, Red Cross had opened up some evacuation centers at the height of all of this. Has all of that since subsided? That's a good question. Um, we've been in the Halifax area, so I can't speak in detail about rural areas and the help they need. Um, smaller population density uh, in most of these small communities, but you know, individually, it, it doesn't matter, right? You, you could still have some people who are uh, being impacted uh, more severely. Um, so, you know, I know that there, there are some reports from some communities um, far away from Halifax that, that uh, the outages and, and uh, things like even uh, gasoline supply have been an issue, right? People who didn't fill up beforehand, and now they're kind of stuck. Um, were citizens so, yeah things like that were citizens prepared for this Ross were they uh, obviously you know this is has become a, a regular occurrence uh, for you guys it looks like what are people more prepared for this sort of thing now I think more prepared than they would have been 10 or 20 years ago um, Hurricane Juan as we keep referring to was a real wake-up call because before Juan hit there would be hurricane warnings they're coming up the coast be careful, and inevitably they would peter out and amount to very little. So people got conditioned to thinking, oh, yeah, whatever, right? You know, the um, boy you cry wolf theory and all that. Yeah. So Juan hits, surprises everyone, and ever since then we've had a string of other hurricanes that fizzled out, I'll say. Some of them have had impact, um, but a lot of them had very little. Um, so there might be a little bit of letting down, letting down of the guard, but... I think in general, people are much more aware and much more prepared than they used to be. Although I look at ourselves uh, in our home, we, we lost power for a day. We have candles and batteries and, and that sort of thing, but we don't have a generator. So, you know, how, right. how prepared do you need to be? Mm. Arguably, we should have a generator too. And a lot of people do, right? Mm. Um, so there, there's always little things that, uh, I guess we could do to be better prepared. You talked about the military, and at one time they were they were they were possibly sending up to seven hundred. You said there's not that many there uh, now. Uh, what have their what what have their primary roles been? Well, it's interesting because we're on day three, uh, and there was an announcement fairly shortly after Dorian blew through that the uh, military was going to be deployed, and they. The approximated uh, 700 that would be deployed um, turned out to be 250. They rolled in late yesterday. They're deploying in the communities now. Um, I can't speak to how much physical debris clearing they've done in various communities. I can just speak to the, the hiccup they had at the one that we um, attended, where they were there for two hours, but they, there was a coordination issue, it sounds like, and they didn't actually touch a branch before they they went uh, decided to go somewhere else so um, as is often the way with these things uh, coordination is is key so it's one of those things where no one wants to say no don't bother coming out right but there are some situations you look at and go hmm a couple of guys with a chainsaw could have cleared that off by now uh, is is this storm what everyone expected were they caught off guard in any way? 
I don't think caught off guard. No, I, I don't think that's, uh, you know, it was coming up the coast. Uh, it was sort of going back and forth from a two to a one. And then kind of last minute, there was um, a revision that it would be a cat two, which it was fairly briefly, I guess. And by the time I made landfall, it was post-tropical storm, yeah. which always sounds a lot weaker. But, but really, that's kind of semantics, according to the weather experts because of the, the power that's still packed. Um, so I'm sure some people were caught off guard, but I think in general, um, my impression is that, that most people were fairly well prepared at least. Ross Lord has been with us, Atlantic correspondent with the Global National. Hurricane Dorian has hit the East Coast over the weekend, of course. Uh, still many without power, and uh, recovery and cleanup is now under uh, underway. Ross, thanks so much for the time and insight. Good luck. All right, Scott. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.